Good to be here. Nice to see people again. See whole faces. Very good. Bless you for coming and trust that you're all well. Well, back in 2005, I did a message about paying attention. Well, recently when I was praying, I felt like God told me to revisit this topic. And would you believe it? Later that morning, when I finally got to my coffee in the paper, I was blown away by one of the crossword clues. It was pay close attention. Can't remember what the answer was. And it just kept on coming. Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Now, of course, we all have those occasions when we wished that we had paid attention, taken note of that little red eye that comes up on the dashboard, or listen to what the boss is telling us, and on we could go. Believe it or not, I know pastors who've failed to pay attention to road signs, traffic signs, and guess what? They got speeding tickets and had to fork out a lot of money. But I'm not that kind of wife or mother that goes around saying, told you so, and that'll teach you, and all that kind of thing. But we all know that these things can be avoided simply by paying attention and doing what it says. Now, paying attention can save us money, can save us face, save a life, save a marriage, and most important of all, paying attention to the gospel message can save our soul for all eternity. That's the most important of all. Paying attention is so important, and I just felt really impressed this morning, paying attention to God, to his word, Anything is possible. God can do anything. Breakthrough, anything, salvation, healing, anything is possible as we pay attention to God and his word. But do you get something here? Did you get that word pay? This is more than simply lending an ear. We don't just give attention, we pay And we all know what pay means. It means there's a cost, right? Attention is a valuable thing to receive, but it can be a costly thing to give. And this morning, I want to look at a couple of the common currencies that we use when we pay attention. But first, just let me say that when we pay, there's usually a payoff. Most of the time we get something in return. So two of the currencies that we commonly pay attention with are listening, and specifically when we pay attention to God, to God's word, it can cost us obedience. And in each case, the payoff is positive. By obeying God, we get closer to him, we get to know him and to love him more. Wow, isn't that what we all want? By paying attention to people, we get to know and to love them more. So it's all good. It all works in our favor. Now, we learn so much from Jesus because he was the expert at paying attention. And in John chapter 4, we read that well-known story 
of his meeting with the Samaritan woman at the well. And here, Jesus paid attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and that's a cue for us. And he obeyed God by, by going there, and he paid close attention to the woman as they talked. John 4 verse 4 tells us that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Well, he didn't actually have to go through Samaria. Jews usually walked around and through the wilderness to avoid defiling themselves by going through Samaria. They didn't want to do that. And if they did happen to walk on Samaritan soil, then they would literally shake the dust off their feet to avoid defiling themselves. That was a sign of contempt. Jesus had to go through Samaria simply because he paid attention to the leading of the Holy Spirit. John 4 verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? The woman was astonished that a Jew would ask her for a drink. She said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? This was a strange request. Firstly, back in that time and culture, men, especially rabbis, didn't usually start up a conversation with a woman that they didn't know. And secondly, there was this huge religious division. As the woman said herself, the Jews considered Samaritans to be unclean half-castes who either refused or were not allowed to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. And so they'd invented their own hybrid kind of religion. Now, strict Jews would even think that using a Samaritan's vessel for drinking water would make them unclean. Well, things went from bad to worse. As the story develops, we discover that this woman had already been with five men, and she was currently living with number six. Now, women usually went to get water in the evening to avoid the heat of the day. And they would normally go somewhere closer to town, but this poor lady probably went on a bit of a hike in the heat of the day so that she could avoid the other woman who maybe abused her when they went to get water nearer to town. So when Jesus asked her for a drink, she is surprised. But Jesus is breaking down the barriers. He's a Jewish man. She's an immoral Samaritan woman. But just reading between the lines, she doesn't seem to feel any hostility or criticism or judgment. She doesn't seem to be embarrassed or trying to avoid him. She seems quite comfortable talking to him. Here's Jesus, the holiest man ever, talking to a woman that no decent man, let alone a rabbi, would even be seen with. He broke through the barriers of gender, race and religion. He paid attention to her. He listened carefully and compassionately, and then he guided the conversation to the point where she came to the revelation that he was the Messiah. And she was among the first group of people to get that revelation. Jesus was tired and thirsty, but his deepest desire was to see this woman saved. He put his physical needs to one side to pay attention to her spiritual needs. And the cost, 
well, he put his needs aside, he listened, he concentrated, he gave his all, literally, as he always did. So they started talking about getting a drink of water, and then Jesus got her attention with a different question. He told her, go get your husband and come back. Now that word for husband apparently can mean man or husband. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you said is quite true. Now I think it's interesting here that this revelation didn't seem to make her feel angry or condemned. Instead, it opened her eyes to the truth that he was a prophet. And as they went on, he patiently revealed himself more to her. Yes, and he was greater than a prophet. He was the Messiah. She believed him. And her life was instantly so radically transformed that she immediately went back and shared the good news with the whole town. And they all went out and got saved. Hey, pay attention. Anything can happen. God can do anything. Jesus is our role model in everything, including paying attention. And we really need to be able to see other people through Jesus' eyes. Wow, that's even been loosened for me. That's so nice. Mother Teresa prayed this prayer. Grant that even if you are hidden under the unattractive disguise of anger, of crime, of madness, I may recognize you and say, Jesus, you who suffered, how sweet it is to serve you. Now these words are part of a prayer that Mother Teresa prayed, asking for grace to see Jesus in people that we might rather avoid or run and hide from. This is such a good prayer when it's looking a bit costly to put our love into action. How do we be Jesus or see Jesus in people like that woman where his image is so well hidden it's almost obliterated? It's hard. It takes a lot of love and faith. But one simple practical thing that we can all do is to listen and pay attention. You know, I've said it myself untold times, and so I really appreciated hearing this from someone on Seven Sharp last Wednesday night. This woman said, being listened to is the same as being loved. Isn't that the truth? The listening that is the same as loving is paying attention. And that is vital for understanding, and that's the key to seeing past the anger, the crime, and the madness. We need to be Jesus in these difficult days. And oh well, things are just going from bad to worse. There's so, so many terrible things going on, and so much anxiety, depression, violence, despair, self-harm, poverty, loneliness, family issues. I mean, you name it. It's all on the increase. And we must show the love of God, first and foremost, in our families, in God's family, and to people that God brings across our paths. And just one way that we can show love is to listen and to understand when it counts. And just one of my favourite little stories, which you've all heard before, 
Um, the well-known author Stephen Covey tells of a time that he was on a train and a man got on board with his children and these kids were all over the place and they were really annoying the other passengers and him. But then he found out that that man's wife had just died, the man's wife, the kid's mother, and they were on their way home from the hospital where she had died. At that moment, his whole attitude instantly and totally changed because he understood. Understanding changes everything, and most of the time, we come to that place by listening, by getting the facts. Now, obviously, <clears throat> I'm not talking about the kind of listening where we're just sitting there like a bump on the log and our brain's somewhere else. I mean active listening, pricey listening, that costs us time, patience, commitment, focus, presence, all that. We can't do that 24-7, but we've got to be open and available to God at times throughout our day. That kind of listening is how we show love, and it's an active process. It involves listening to the words with our ears, trying to get the body language and the cues with our eyes, the nonverbal cues, and at the same time trying to feel how the other person feels, just trying to get the whole picture. Remember how Joseph paid attention to the, the sad faces of his fellow prisoners. Joseph had every right to be feeling very depressed himself. His brothers had sold him as, as a slave and then after so many years of slavery, he was unjustly thrown into a dungeon. So after all that heartache, pain, rejection and injustice, not to mention 11 or so years of slavery and imprisonment, you wouldn't blame him if he didn't care about his fellow inmates who were looking miserable. But Joseph did care, and he paid attention to their sad faces, and that attention led him to accurately interpreting their dreams. And that became the catalyst to his miraculous release from the dungeon, not immediately like he hoped. But two years later, when Pharaoh had vivid dreams that required interpretation. And at that point, Joseph was immediately elevated to the position of Prime Minister of Egypt and catapulted into his destiny, which was the saving of many lives, actually the saving of the entire world at that time, through seven years of severe famine. It pays to pay attention, and with God, Anything is possible. Now, earlier, just thinking of understanding, earlier this year there was a story in the Herald about a gang member, a gang member who was a violent criminal. He joined the Black Power Gang when he was 17, and he was such a good fighter that he very quickly moved up through the ranks. He was into serious crime for much of his life, and he ended up doing a lot of stints in jail. Six years, five, four, three, and a two. He said it felt like he'd done a lifetime in jail. Now, we could easily look at that and write that person off as a hopeless case. But there's another side to the story, and this is why we always need to listen and pay attention. Because everybody's got a story. 
And so before we judge or label or write people off, we need to make an effort to understand what they've been through. Now the headline for this man's story was actually a bit of a tearjerker. I had a better upbringing in jail than I had with my family. Some of you may have read the story. It went on to tell of his terrible childhood and all kinds of abuse from a young age, sexual abuse, violent beatings for no reason. He said the only way you could avoid it was to leave, and so a lot of us kids used to run away and stay in the bush for days. I mean, if that was our kids, we'd be getting the police and the whole community out searching for them. He didn't go to school. He only learned how to read and write when he got to jail. Some of the criminals he met in jail actually became his teachers. And here's the really inspiring part. He learned from them, and then he went on to help teach others. And he taught them Maori language and kapahaka. He must have been good. He says, I woke up one day in jail. I looked out the door, and I thought to myself, what a waste. I looked at myself and I started to cry and I thought I shouldn't be here. And he started to turn his life around and when he got out, he got a job. He still got himself into a bit of trouble, but he really made steps, which was great considering his past, to turn his, himself around. But the point is, if we met that man and all we saw was that gang member, that violent criminal, we could just write him off. But if we listened and understood the past and what he went through as a little kid, what it's like growing up with no love, no education, no hope, nothing, you know, then everything changes. And the sad thing is that research shows that childhood abuse increases the risk of people becoming criminals as an adult. Paying attention makes a world of difference to how we see people. You know, we all know the theory, you can't judge a book by the cover, but we have to put that into practice and apply it to human beings. John 7 verse 24, Jesus said, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. So really listening is really loving. It's hard work, but it's what Jesus did, what he does, and what he calls us to do at certain times. Good listening can be very powerful. A psychologist called James Pennybaker said that when people who have been through personal traumas, anything from ch abusive childhoods to being involved in a war, when they confide in someone, they experience both emotional and physical relief. Talking things through helps people to come to terms with their problems, helps them to make sense of them, and they cope better for it. So don't ever think that listening doesn't do much. It can really help, it can really be of value. Quite a long time ago, I got talking to a woman who used to come here and she used to always be so cheerful and upbeat, but one morning when I talked to her, there were just floods of tears. And she told me about a situation that had hurt her very badly. Well, there was nothing, I felt very sorry for her, but there was nothing I can do. So I just listened and reflected the words and reflected her feelings. And then she went on and said that she'd 
told someone else about it, and that person said, oh, it's just your pride. Oh dear, talk about insult to injury. You know, here she is hurting and, and someone saying, oh, you, you know, that's a nothing. It's, you've just got a problem with pride. Ouch. Anyway, we, we talked that through and she went on and talked, we talked about it. There's nothing I could do about it, so we just talked. Well, the next time we crossed paths, she just couldn't stop thanking me for all I did and how much it helped her and on and on. I didn't do anything. There was nothing I could do. All I did was listen to her story. I simply paid attention. But it just brings out what an amazing difference it can make just to have somebody know what's going on. So listening really does make a difference. Everybody has a story. We all have stories, even family members, and we need to listen with compassion. Now, coming back to the beginning, as I mentioned, when we pay attention to God, the currency required can come down to obedience. When God wanted to reveal himself to mankind to show us who he is, what he's like, what he does, he didn't send a book, he sent a person. John 1 Chapter 1 and 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I love those verses. And as we know, that person was Jesus, the living Word, all wrapped up, God's message all wrapped up in human flesh. Now remember when um, Philip, Jesus said to Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus was the ultimate way that God revealed himself to the world. And he came and he completed his mission, he returned to heaven, and then God followed up with the book, the Bible. And so the primary, primary way that we get to know Jesus, the living word, is through the written word of God. And that's how God speaks to us. The Bible tells us, all we need to know about Jesus, his life, his work, his death, his teaching. And it gives us a whole sacred history of God's people, the future, the plan for salvation. And also, as I said, the way that God speaks to us. So we really need to pay attention to God's word. More than just reading it, more than just speed reading it. We should aim to really get to grips with it, really try and seek God through it and embody it, seek to, to know it, to obey it, and to live it out in our daily lives. Well, that's a lifetime's work, isn't it? Further practicalities of knowing Jesus include things like our prayer times, prayer meetings, corporate worship. Those are the things which I've so missed when we were in lockdown. Testimonies, paying attention to those moments when we sense God's presence or when he's speaking to us. But paying attention to God's word and to God in his word is especially important. Proverbs 4 and verse 20 says, My son, can be any of us, give attention to my words. Jesus often finished his teaching by saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, he knew that everyone was, everyone was listening to his words, but they weren't all taking it in. 
And I guess we all know how easy it is to tune out when we're reading the Bible or listening to sermons. And afterwards we think, "Mm, what was that all about? So even just making the effort to stay tuned in is one of the ways that we pay attention. And then, of course, there's the additional cost of being doers as well as hearers. Paying attention and obedience go together. James 1 verse 22, we must be doers of the word and not hearers only. So in terms of paying attention to God, obedience is a biggie. Think of Moses when he had that life-changing encounter with God at the burning bush. First of all, it was the fact that he turned aside to look. That was important. He paid attention at that level. But this was more than just this incredible phenomenon and an amazing experience of God's power and presence. This was about God apprehending Moses for his life's calling, and Moses had to respond with obedience to the call. Now, all this talk of obedience can sound like quite a high price to pay, but actually, obedience to God works in our favor. As you read the list of blessings of obedience in Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 12, there are so many benefits, it's like, why wouldn't you? Obedience opens the door to wonderful blessings and keeps us in the center of God's will. God is a loving heavenly father and his plans for us, his standards for us actually add up to our best life. Specifically, by obedience, we become God's friend, we get to know God's will, we bear good fruit and we receive grace to keep on obeying God. And I love this one. Obedience means we see more answers to prayer. Ian Bounds said, an obedient life helps prayer. It speeds prayer to the throne. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners, had full liberty of approach and ready access to God in prayer. And he had this free and full access because of his unquestioning obedience to the Father. Imagine what a blessing that would be in all our prayers to have that full and free access to God. Well, one reason Jesus had that was his total obedience to his Father. And I think we can assume that that would work for us in the same way, paying attention to God, to his word, to family members, to people's stories. It's all so very important. So as I finish, as the musicians come, Let's just remember that God our Father pays close attention to each one of us. He cares for us. He's paying attention to us right now. He knows our hearts, our hurts, our longings, our questions, our needs. He really does. He knows every detail of our lives, even to the extent that he knows the number of hairs on our heads. And most importantly, he's paying attention to us today, right now, and anything can happen. And the truth that God knows, listens, cares, and acts on our behalf, just let's take that in and let it be a source of comfort and help, and then reach out with it to others. Let's just really ask God to come and help us 
to take this for ourselves and to reach out with it for others. Let's pray. God, we just want to come and and take hold of this word today. God, I thank you that when it comes to paying attention, nobody pays attention like you do. God, your ear is always open to our cry. And God, I just thank you that you care for our needs. And God, that even today, Lord, you are saying to us, anything can happen. And we just pray that you will meet them. And Lord, I pray that you will help me and help every one of us also, Lord, to be Jesus and to be willing. And Lord, to just make the effort to pay attention and listen to others, to understand before we judge, God, to be there, to be willing and to be Jesus. Oh, Lord, to follow you and be like you in all your ways, to pay attention to others and to pay attention to you and to your word, to be others who follow you more closely in everything we do and to grow closer to you and closer to others. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you.